0: It's a privilege for me to introduce tonight's preacher to you. He does not really need any introducing, Dave, Pastor Dave. If you can come up, I can pray for you. You can preach for us. It is. <laughs> cool. Father, thank you that you've given us Dave tonight. I pray that as he speaks, that you will anoint him, that you will make our ears. Open wide so that we can hear from you, Lord, speaking through him. I pray that you help him to speak boldly and speak from your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy. Thank you for that second, almost round of applause there. <laughs> good evening, everybody. It is good to be here. I feel honored to be here. Uh, so thank you for inviting me. I think Kent was supposed to speak. So, (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with him if he's sick, I don't want to praise God that he's sick or anything, Um, because I'm sick as well, and to be honest, I feel like sitting down, so I'm going to start by sitting down, for those of you who can't see me, I apologize. The reason why I want to sit down is, because I want to be honest with you guys, I want to be a little bit transparent and just say, I'm tired, and I'm not saying that to gain your pity, I'm not saying that to, to... Ask you to, you know, go easy on my sermon, on, on the judgment of my sermon, because it's going to be bad, because I'm tired. I'm not trying to say that at all. <clears throat> but I am tired. My sister prayed for me just now because she felt that God said I had a lot on my shoulders, and that was exactly true. It, it, is a lot, it is exactly true. I'm tired. It's been one of those days. It's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those months. And I have a new child, so <laughs> I, I, I feel like I am... <laughs> I feel like I'm legitimately tired. And I don't want to have to pretend to be strong. I'm not going to sit for the whole sermon, so don't worry. I don't want to have to pretend to be strong and pretend to be, you know, have it all together. So if I could ask you to keep me in your prayers right now, if you're keen to pray, if I faint or fall asleep or start crying, <laughs> then, then it's, oh, it's all part of me being... A little bit overwhelmed, and again, I'm not asking for your pity, so thank you for that awe. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm the youth pastor for those of you who don't know. If you like signing up, now <laughs> Can someone just like give me a round of applause or something? Not these half little whoo, whoo, ah, ah. <laughs> these little woos and they just sound so strange and out of place. Go for it, man. Go for it. <laughs> okay, stop. <now. clears throat> so I'm the youth pastor, which is when I say youth, I mean high school. Um, so I've got some of the, the leaders from the high school ministry here with me, and some of my sermon you'll have heard before, and that's going to be okay. Uh, it's not the same sermon, but you'll recognize some parts. Um, I spoke last week at another church um, around. A similar topic, uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with Romans, uh, Romans 12, specifically, I think you all should know that. Put up your hand if you don't know that. Okay, good. Well done. Well done to the past preachers. <laughs> um, Romans 12, and I've got the topic or the, the section from roughly verse 17 to the end of Romans 12, and I preached the sermon last week about it, and I got a reference completely wrong or or I misjudged my audience. Um, I I did a reference um, and about two people out of the 50 people there understood it. So this was the reference and please help me. I hope that you guys understand it. The reference is when I was a young warthog. Okay, so some of you know it. Maybe some of you weren't willing to sing and and you know it and some of you don't know it. It's a, a reference from the Lion King. There we go. Some of you recognize it now. But when I was a a young warthog, the world was a different place, and it felt like evil was far away. I don't know if it's just because I was a young warthog that evil felt far away, but evil felt like it was calling from different corners of the world. It felt like Somewhere in Haiti or Mogadishu, where evil would shout from the corners of the world, "Hey, I'm evil. I'm far away." But now uh, I've grown up, and to some extent I've grown up, and it feels like evil is really close. I don't know if you feel like that, and it's it's really loud. (laughs) And it's overwhelming sometimes. Is that all right? Sometimes it's constant, and it's loud, and it's so close that it gets overwhelming. I don't know, maybe put up your hand if you've ever felt like that. I felt like that. I feel a little bit overwhelmed, not by evil so much, just by life, by the world. And it's okay to feel like that. Even in South Africa, when... Evil was a little bit closer to us. I moved to South Africa uh, late 1980s. So for those of you who know a little bit of history about South Africa, you'll know what era we were in. Even if you don't know anything about South Africa, you'll know what era we were in around that time. And I must tell you this story. It's quite funny. I hope it is. I hope it's funny for you guys. Um, I was nine, ten years old around then. So I didn't know much about South African history. I had just come to South Africa. And my family, we went to the Alcontrant Library. Who of you remember the Alcontrant Library? Went there, and I think we may may have been the only people of color to ever have been there by that time, not just were currently there. I was walking around looking for a book, and a young boy, uh, you don't need to guess his color, um, he, he wasn't looking for a book, he was just looking for a fight, I suppose. He came up to me, and called me something derogatory, and I didn't know what it meant. I didn't need to know, but I I knew it was derogatory just by the way he said it. He said... (laughs) So the very confident young David LaRose walked up to his parents, and before he got them, I didn't know the rules of libraries, that you didn't need to be quiet. I asked, Mom, what's a... And I said the word... (laughs) loud enough for other people to hear, and lead us, needless to say, we were hurried out, or my family and I, we hurried out. They, they didn't hurry us out, but we, we left pretty quickly. And it was a, a racist derogatory slur, and even when evil was that close to me, it still seemed far away, because I didn't really know what it meant. But now with the advent of Facebook and YouTube and all sorts of Twitter, not all sorts of Twitter, Twitter's another example, all sorts of social <laughs> media. We have the world's news at our doorsteps, in our faces, and sometimes, I don't, I don't think the, the world's news is really trying to encourage us to you know, be bold and be happy. I think it's probably the opposite. It's, it wants us to be more fearful, if anything. So because of the advent of those things, evil seems closer and louder and more constant. And I get overwhelmed, and as I have asked, so do you. And sometimes when we try to make a difference in this world, and I thoroughly believe that there are many people in this room who, who want to make a difference in this world, who not just a difference, but a good difference, and want to make the world a better place for their children. I've got a little mini-me now, so I want to make the world, it's even more real to me that I want to make the world a better place for my son to go to school, in. and that's, that's just a few years from now. Scary stuff. Um, and the temptation, when we get overwhelmed, is to give up. And maybe not to, to give up completely, but at the very least to give up fighting. And, you know, pursuing good things and wanting to change the world. And the temptation is to just put your head down, keep your head, your, your, your focus in your own lane, many of these cliches, mind your P's and Q's. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but sometimes we just get tired. We don't want to fight anymore. Because, to be honest, I don't think fighting is widely effective. And we get some people out there, maybe some of you are in here, you just want to fight the bad the whole time. Fight, fight, fight. And there's so much bad to fight that it's just fighting the whole time. And I don't know if that, that's effective or attractive, 1 Peter 3, verse 15, put up your hands if you know what it says already. Anybody? I knew Intender would get it. 1 Peter 3, verse 15 says, Always be ready to explain the hope that you have, but do it with kindness, gentleness. As, uh, some versions say respect. And that's the opposite spirit that I believe God wants us to have in this world, where everybody's fighting, and, and, and there's a culture, there's a fashion of fighting, of Moaning, of complaining, of, of protesting. I believe God wants us to know what we believe, why we hope for the things we do, but to interact with those people with gentleness and kindness and hope. I want to pause there in that scripture and just ask you, where's your hope at? Are you fighting? Are you hopeful? Have you given up? Are you at some stage of being overwhelmed? Romans 12 is pretty much about the opposite spirit, not doing things the way the world does them. It starts with verse 1 and 2, that we don't need to be conformed to the ways of the world, to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to not do it the way the world does it. I love that in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, it's the, the portion of Scripture that lists the fruit of the Spirit. It says, you know, the fruit of the Spirit are love, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faith, self-control, and joy. Love, joy, peace. I'm going to try again. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faith, self-control, and I've missed something else again. Then it's, uh, what, did I, what did I miss? Gentleness. What I love about it is what it says next. It says, against such things, there's no law. And it's like, the world can do all these things and put all these laws to make us obey, but against these things, these spiritual aspects of God, there is no law. So, like, go out there and and be love. Go out there and be peace and joy. They, They can't stop you. Love it. Um... It starts, Romans 12, I actually, I would love to, to spend an hour with you guys and just read all of Romans 12, but I, I think you guys have all read Romans 12, if not once, a couple times, or at least you've heard a good couple of readings about it. But Romans 12 starts in the mind, where we need to, in view of God's mercy, um, what does it say? Be transformed. This is our proper worship. It starts in the mind, but then it must continue. The transforming doesn't just stop in our minds and with our lives. It must continue outwards and outwards and outwards. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 start mind, and then it starts to, to say, you know, view yourselves as a living, you know, creation and, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's important how we view ourselves. Then it goes a little bit further to how we should view love must be sincere in a sense, to our, our brothers and sisters, and then it goes even further. And, it, and I want you to notice the concentric circles that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. First it's our mind, then it's our body and, and, and we, how we should see ourselves, And not um, don't pitch ourselves way up there, but see ourselves with sober judgment um, according to how God sees us. And then it goes to love must be sincere. Then it goes to hate what is evil, kind of out there. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's where it should start. If we want to make a difference in the world, as I know that some of you do, it starts small and then gets big. And that's where it ends in the scripture. I'm I'm going to read Romans 17 now. Do not repay evil. have heard recently from Daniel, who I think is in the service. Daniel, are you here? Hello. <laughs> Sitting as far back as possible. I heard recently from Daniel that it's not, like I always used to think, you know, yeah, heap coals on that guy's head, he must suffer. But it's not that. Because in, in the culture of those days, it, they needed fire to live. So people would go to a, a central place where, where fire was, and then carry it on their heads back to their own home and they would keep it alive with burning coals. So actually, when we're trying to heap coals on someone's head, it's actually not like that. We're, we're helping them. And I always thought, you know, we must do, do good things so that people would feel bad. But I suppose love must be sincere. So that didn't work either. I want us to think for a little while um, for you in a sense to maybe spend some time by yourself thinking in your own thoughts, maybe in a few moments of silence, which opposite spirits you can act in when the world wants us to take revenge. What should we do? We need to give it to God. And the world wants us to take revenge. We've got series called Revenge. We've got franchises called Avengers. The world wants us to take revenge. But what should we do? And I want us to think for a little while, in what scenarios can you act in the opposite spirit? What would Jesus do? My dad always used to, used to whack me with that one, when I would be angry at someone and want to really, you know, God get them. My dad, what would Jesus do? And oh, Of course he would, you know, love them. Or, But I want us to think for a little while, how would Jesus love them? Because sometimes acting in the opposite spirit requires a bit of thought. It's not just, well, oh, just love them. But, God, what is, what is the spirit happening, or, or what, what is going on in the spirit in this moment? Is it, is it anger that I'm experiencing? Is it unforgiveness? Is it a lack of transparency? And There's many things that we can, can assume that it is, but we need to go to God and ask God, and, and be discerning, which involves God. God, w- what is the actual spirit that I need to act opposite to? I'll tell you a quick story. Um, a little while ago in high school youth ministry, there was someone someone left years ago and then came back recently. And when this person came back, I knew we're in for trouble. And I, and I spoke to my colleague, and I said, you know, Let's just watch out for this thing. Let's keep our spiritual antenna out. And sure enough, within a few weeks, this person was causing nonsense. And I could see it progressing and getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't want it to get to full-blown nonsense. So I decided, (laughs) that's a nice way of putting it. So I decided I'm going to address it now. And I think people looked at me a little bit confused, like, Pastor Dave, why are you saying these things? No one's doing that. But I, I wanted to take a step in this. I wanted to take a stand in the spirit, before it got to things where people, oh, this is what Pastor Dave was talking about. Because I think they might they might miss it completely. Um, I'll give you a little bit of more details. Um, on a camp we, that we went on a while ago, one of the boys fell asleep, and this person, oh, the, bo- the boy woke up with someone holding his hand, <laughs> and it was a girl, kind of just. You know, she wanted a boyfriend, so she she thought there was a moment to <laughs> yeah. And on the camp, there were love letters going around, and there was denial, and so so there was. I asked God, what is what is the spirit going on here? And I, one of them was lying, and one of them was drama, and I'm not sure why that's funny. And I'm not going to engage with that joke (laughs) because I have an idea of why it's funny. But moving on. Um, So what I did was I I wrote out a very non-dramatic statement. And instead of preaching, you know, about it, I just read out my statement, very non-dramatic. And I, I said, if you're here to get a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, that's not why we're here. If you're lying, stop it. And I moved on. And I don't think the guys really perceived it but I trust that their hearts, that their spirits understood. And I, I believe it stopped. It could have gotten worse, and it's not. And I want to encourage you guys not to just look in the physical realm, because dealing with that situation in the physical realm would have, would have looked very different. I could have taken the person aside and spoken to her about drama, spoken to her about lying, and then she would have probably lied to me, and there would have been more drama. So let's, let's consider with God the spiritual aspects of these things. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Isn't that different to the world that we we live in? Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It's pretty difficult. Anybody want to take revenge and feel no, you know, I must let someone else take revenge. That doesn't it goes against everything you want to take revenge. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he your enemy is thirsty, Give them something to drink. Isn't that amazing? It's so different to the world that we live in. I mean, I think in today's society, we, we want to care for the downcast, the people who are struggling, but our enemies, we don't want to care for our enemies. We don't want to, we don't want to be nice to our enemies, but that's exactly what God is asking us to do. We want to, God is asking us to do the, the, the very thing that he needs he needs coal on his head to live it might not be you know i don't know something that you want him to suffer it might not be the thing that you want to get him for what he might need in the spirit is to live and putting coal on his help on his head helps him to live Coal might be the the difference between life and death for him, and we want to look in the spirit and give him what he needs. Now, don't think, yeah, I'm going to give him what he needs. (laughs) Discernment. Do not. Finally, it it ends with, do not be overcome by evil, but become, but overcome evil with good. Uh, The time is 7:23. What time do I need to finish? Never? No. Another? <laughs> Sorry, another. I didn't mean to say never. That's the tiredness. All right, then I want to finish with this thought. Um, <clears throat> your good deeds are not enough. Your good deeds are not enough. If they don't start with, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's Amazing grace, his, his death on the cross. If they don't start there, your good deeds will not be sustainable. I feel like taking more than seven minutes with this story, but I'm... All right, fine. Um, I was abused when I was young, and I made one of those judgmental promises. I'm never going to be like this person. And I, I, long story short, I try to do it without God, and you can kind of tell where the story is going, but... God allowed me to be in a situation where I felt like I was about to do some serious damage to someone, to my sister. She she said something, really, really upset me, and I saw red. And I, I don't know if anybody here has seen red where they just lose it. I just lost it. And I ran at her, and I was going to do some serious damage. But as I ran at her, God put, like, a door in my hand, and I slammed the door with everything in my ha- in in my power. And at that moment, God said to me, Son, you can't do it on your own. You can't not be like your abuser on your own. And it was with that realization that I I knew I needed God's grace. And my good deeds would not be sustainable. My good intentions would not be sustainable without God. And I want to encourage you, at every moment, go with God. Matthew 25, verse 40 is an interesting story. Um, it pretty much says the disciples ask, or you know, a group of Christians around Jesus ask, it's the story about the sheep and the goats, and God separating the sheep from the goats. And the disciples say, you know, when did we do these things for you? And Jesus says, when you did it for the least of me, you did it for me. When did we visit you in prison? When did we um, feed you when you were hungry? And that's what remember God is saying, telling us to do. When your enemy is hungry, feed him. I'll go so far as to say, when your enemy is in prison, visit him. Um, then the sheep are the good guys. The goats are the bad guys. Uh, Jesus says the goats didn't do well because when they didn't visit me in prison, when they didn't, when when their deeds. When there were no good deeds, when they thought they had good deeds, you know praying in tongues and you know being seen in all the right places, praying long prayers in, on the on the corner, being seen with Jesus, those were all worth nothing because you didn't do the right thing and I think actually, before I finish that story, uh Jesus separates the goats from the sheep and and sends the goats to the place where there will be gnashing of teeth forever, and there's no mincing of words. It's not a euphemism. It's, it's hell. And we need to be careful that we don't think our good deeds will get us into heaven. Our good deeds are good things, but they need to be based, they need to be related to in view of God's mercy. Because Jesus actually says in those scriptures, depart from me, I know you not. Not. We need to be in relationship with Jesus. We need to relate our good deeds, to in view of God's mercy. We need to, uh, Matthew 5, verse, I think it's 16, says, You are the light of the world. Um, you should let your light shine so that when people see your good deeds, they will give glory to the Father. And we think you know, people need to see our good deeds so that we can you know, you know, you know, do that or, or, I don't know, All right, Um, 1 Peter 3, verse 13 to 18. I read a little bit of it just just now, but I'm going to read a little bit more of it because it's a really nice scripture. It's in the message, so I apologize if that offends you. If with your heart and your soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? If with your heart and your soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin, keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Then the part that we all know, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are, and always with the utmost courtesy. But then we don't read what comes after that often. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, obviously the message, when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. Listen to this. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's acting in the opposite spirit. That's what Christ did definitively. Suffered because of others' sins. The righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all, was put to death, and then was made alive to bring us to God. His aim was to, to bring us into relationship With God. I'm going to take a moment to pray, and I want to spend just a few moments in silence. Holy Spirit, right now I want to ask that you would drop things in our spirits of maybe scenarios at work or various other places where we exist where we can act in an opposite spirit. In your spirit. Maybe things are are rough. God, we want to bring peace. Maybe things are clouded. God, we want to bring transparency. Maybe things are arrogant. How how different is humility to the world that we live in? God, will you help us to have discernment? That, we're, that we don't don't just go guns blazing because maybe the things are unwise, and you want us to come with wisdom. We don't want to just go guns blazing, God. We, we want to inquire of you. What do you want us to do? Speak to us. Show us pictures, God, right now of how we can be your hands and your feet operated by your spirit. And let's just be a little bit silent for a little while, 20 seconds. God, drop something into your spirit. Write it down, because what God says is important. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary... If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Thank you very much.